0: Today's podcast is brought to you by The Alchemist Lab. The Alchemist Lab offer pharmacy formulated products with over 50 years of combined experience in the business. All of their products are pharmacist formulated and manufactured in their South Australian laboratory. Their products are also ethically tested, naturally sourced and 100% Australian made. Make sure you go to www.thealchemistlab.net.au to check out their wide variety of products, including magnesium creams, oils, bath salts, skin ointments, and much more. Guys, I've used their magnesium creams and oils myself for recovery and to prevent muscle cramps, they're great. The bath salts as well, if you're cutting weight or you know, need to relax after a long week of training. Um, skin ointments, if I've had any you know thing pop up, training jiu-jitsu and things like that. All great stuff, couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, so make sure you check out their Instagram page by going to the handle in my bio and shoot them a DM if you have any questions. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Hand Me Down Heat. You guys all remember how awesome the 1990s and early 2000s fashion was. Well, now we're lucky enough to be able to get our hands on that very same style today. The guys from Hand Me Down Heat are Adelaide-based and offer a massive variety of vintage shirts, jackets, jumpers, hats, and more. With regular stock coming in almost daily, the lads are almost guaranteed to have something that takes your fancy. So make sure you head over to their Instagram page at H A N D dot heat to check out their regular auctions, collection walkthroughs and more. I recently just went through it myself, guys. I had a great time. They've got an awesome collection of gear. So make sure you hit up the page. I'll leave the link in my bio and give them a follow. We're going to start this episode a little bit different now, Hartley. We're going to get right to the hard-hitting questions. though, Straight away. Yeah. Being the happiest man in South Australian martial arts... Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Is this... What sort of burden is this for you to carry? To be the happy man. The happiest. Not just not just happy Alan Hartley, the happiest man in South Australian martial arts. What sort of pressure does this put on you? When you're having a bad day, do you like, I want to be grumpy Alan Hartley today. I just want to be like, leave me the fuck alone Alan Hartley. <laughs> have you wrestled Lockie Warren? I have. And have you ever asked him a
1: question like, hey, when you're in this position, what do you do? And he answered with, you, you just finished the submission? Yeah, that kind of shit. It's the opposite. There's no burden here. Like when People like, when you're having a bad day, I'm just happy. It's the opposite. You just be happy, Tommy. There's Lock, no burden.
0: Lucky Warren is a, a such a useful uh, w- source of knowledge for me because like, I'll be rolling with Conway and he'll be doing some Conway shit and I'm like, well, how do I stop that? Just what do I do here? And then sometimes like you know, Sometimes I won't ask Declan or I won't see Declan and then I'll see Lockie one. And I'll be like, Hey Lockie, what do I do for this? And he would give me something. And I'm like, store that away in the, <laughs> in the bank, in the bank, man. He's a sleeper, isn't he? In uh, South Australia. I feel like uh, maybe because he doesn't feed as much now, but not a lot of people talk about him. And he doesn't promote
1: himself very much. No. If he, if he, if he got 10% of the recognition he deserved, he'd yeah. be in
0: everyone's gym. If he was like a little bit more of like a cocky dick, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not, not even a cocky dick, but even if, if, if he's had like a little bit of that in him, yeah. but like he's just he's just the nicest guy. This guy's nice. phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, this is an animal. Alan Arley, thank you for coming on the podcast. My pleasure. Long time coming. Long time coming. Veteran of the South Australian and Victorian martial arts scene, I suppose we could say, yourself. Um, please, how have things been for you? How's the start of 2022? Tracking along for yourself.
1: Real quickly, I was listening to your podcast with Declan this morning, and you started that by saying,
0: happy Saturday, you fucks. (laughs) I was really hoping I'd get the same, but that's it. Happy Saturday morning, you fucks. I've started about three podcasts like that now, so I thought i will mix it up today. And then some of my family, like, some of my family, (laughs) like, listen to the podcast and none of them like it, and they're like, oh, like, swore on that one. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Thanks, man. Yeah. Keep doing you. Thanks, bro. Um... So yeah, 2022, man. It's weird to think that uh, 2021 rolled around and came and went. It's and done. It was a massive year for you, 2021, personally, big. professionally. Yeah, it was a good year. Crazy year. Busy year. Moved down from WA down to Adelaide, opened yep. up the, your own branch of your gym yep. down here. Talk us uh, through that, man. What was the what did you end up moving down to Adelaide from WA in the first place? Oh,
1: there, there's two big reasons. Number one is Jade has a lot of family here that she'd like to see, family and friends she'd like to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was handy. But also, I get a chance to expand the gym and the people. So there's a lot of people in wala that are ready to coach and take over. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't do that while I'm there, obviously. So the moment that I step out, they get to step up, mm-hmm. and that that happened like almost immediately. Like the gym's doing better.
0: Now that I'm gone, which is, which is sad, but I'm, I'm happy, but I'm, I'm really, really sad. <laughs> For those of you listening who might not be familiar, uh, complete control martial arts uh, in Waila uh, is, was, Alan's gym, and now he's come down to Adelaide and opened up complete control of martial yeah. arts, Adelaide. Um, how long was the complete control open up in Wales before you came down here? Since 2011. Since 2011, yeah. And so ten, 10 years on the dot, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. And that you you was it you that started and founded and opened up the That's whole bit. Right.
1: Yeah. So I took over a karate gym, and just grew into what it is today.
0: Wow. Yeah. Crazy man.
1: And we literally just we um at the end of right at the end of last year we just moved into a new gym like a, a new new gym so we've got like a I don't want to say premium but a premium facility. Mm-hmm. Up there, which is which is fantastic. I've,
0: I've seen the photos, man. You can yeah, you, you can say that. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a massive space. It's crazy. Yeah, this yeah. was
1: net, we started in a shed at the back of a fauna park. There okay. there's emus that walk almost <laughs> through our gym sometimes. You know what I mean? And and now now we're in like a nice facility up street. You know.
0: It's great. Many, uh, many a gym uh, started in a shed, man. Like John Kavanagh read his book, and he was saying how they right. st- they didn't start in a shed. They started in multiple sheds. <laughs> and not even his shed. No, yeah. not e- not even his shed. No, he—that's uh, crazy, man. So 2011—that's a long time ago. Um, yeah, I should definitely be a lot better for how long I've been training. <laughs> come on, man. Because and so I've uh, you know we probably got to know each other quite well in the past year or so, and it's one of those things where. You know, we cl- clicked pretty quickly and we're on the same wavelength. So it feels weird to like ask someone about their history when you sort of click so quickly. Yeah. But, you know, i would seen you fight all in the Diamondbacks and the Eternals and all those things. But like, you know, I didn't know you that well, so I wasn't really, you know, I was watching, but I wasn't paying as much attention. Sure. Um, for me, man, tell me a bit about how you first got into martial arts and when and where and how did it all spawn for you? Cool. So for me, it was just uh, something to do after school because we've
1: seen some Jackie Chan movies, and, and mum got a newsletter from the school about a karate club that was literally at the end of our road. Wow. So, yeah, we just walked out after school and trained karate, and it must have been, like, two months before I wanted to give up. Um, but dad just bought my first gi, so I was sticking around.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And it, your choice or his? His choice. He's like,
1: you're, <laughs> you're sticking around. You just paid for a gi. And then, and then eventually I'm falling in love. So, like, after I started teaching there, I, re- I really really found a deep, deep love for teaching and, and helping people get better at karate and that's what I decided I wanted to do when I was thirteen and then pretty much just stuck to it since then. What sort of karate was it? Kai, if you've heard of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 was my humble beginnings. Kai. Yeah, that's
0: yeah. A, it's almost a bit of like a hybrid style Zendokai that's karate, what isn't it is it? That's
1: right. And yes. I don't I don't I haven't met two People from two different gyms have done the same Zendokai. You know. <laughs> Everyone's done a different Zendokai, which is weird. Yes. Yeah.
0: There's a... I remember there's one might be down on South Road, sort of going South Road, down and going South Road towards your way. Is there a Zendokai? One on South Road down there? Maybe, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not real cluey. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, and so then how did you end up Getting into from going from karate to getting into grappling and mixed martial arts. Sure. So there so was a, there was a guy who would travel from um, Port Lincoln
1: down to Adelaide when I when I guess when first jiu-jitsu started taking off in Adelaide mm. and he'd come train in oh. with a guy from Darren Cartwright, if you've ever mm-hmm. if you ever heard of him. So yeah. way back. And then he would he would just stop in on the way. Back home to Port Lincoln, he'd go hey man, this is this is an armbar or hey this is a this is God and he'd show us things and I'm like this is much better than what we've been doing. Let's do, <laughs> let's do more of this, yeah. yeah. So it was just like a guy travelling through that would just show me things, like once a month, and then he started getting seminars in Port Lincoln once a month that I'd go to, and I just kept doing that. Yeah, it was just chance, lucky I guess.
0: Wow, yeah, that's cool. And at the time, and this was in out so, yeah, that's right. Yep. And at the time in Wales, were there many other people sort of training like MMA, or was it just really the karate gym that was there at the just time? Just karate. I found out years later that there was actually
1: an MMA gym in the gym that I was teaching karate on on the nights that I wasn't teaching at. Bullshit, really? Yeah, look, like, it, I'd already found out. But there was, like, was like a fitness MMA thing, but they were calling themselves MMA. Oh, okay.
0: But I only found out years after they stopped, it was in the same gym that I was in, just on different nights. So, <laughs> so like almost like the like Thai version, like do MMA pads and stuff yes, like that. Yeah like as, as far as
1: I know. I was never there, so maybe it was legit perfect MMA, but I don't think so. Yeah. It was just karate and judo in Wawa.
0: Yeah. Okay. They were the big ones. So then the karate gym that you were training at, is that, that's the one that you took over yeah. to start complete control? Yeah. There was a guy there, he just, uh,
1: there's a lot of shift workers in Wawa and he took up a shift work job and, and couldn't keep doing it anymore. And just, I think he just had enough in general. So he stopped and just asked me if I'd take over and yeah, went gangbusters from there. That's awesome, man. Yeah.
0: What's what, uh, what, um sort of like uh, jiu jitsu belt level were you at the time when you? Took I was over? a white belt.
1: What? I was a white belt, man. And then I got I got my blue belt, and I was like allowed, I guess, to start teaching jiu jitsu classes. And man, it was just me doing hip escapes
0: for for months because no, <laughs> no one knew what jiu jitsu was, and no one was coming out. That's yeah. a baptism by fire, man. Like uh, I feel like a lot of people when they do martial arts that you know people take a class or they open their own gym or they get a build or whatever, there was always that imposter syndrome, I think, that people have in their head. I've like, still I... got it. A... <laughs> Which is ridiculous, right? That's the craziest thing, man. Like... So, in in while, it's fair to say that it'd be ridiculous for me to have it, because I'm
1: the best jiu-jitsu guy in all of Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Tough, right? Listen, not to tip my own horn, but, like, yeah. I'm, look, I'm, I'm the fucking man around here. <laughs> but you move to Adelaide, and there's there's more people that can beat me up than, than I can throw a stick at, you know? like yeah. It's,
0: I think it's fair for me to have imposter syndrome here <laughs> Yeah But But I can only imagine like uh, How daunting that would be To open up Your own gym as You know Like a white belt And you know someone Had you had an MMA fight by that point? No 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 Not till
1: like a year Or, or maybe two after that That's yeah. That's super fucking ballsy Maybe then. more
0: Yeah But there, there was no one else who was that good there either yeah. <laughs> And and so uh, did you end up sort of steering that gym from a karate direction into an MMA direction because you said, okay, this is what I want to do and this is my vision or did you close, see Close, like- close. I had uh, – so I kept doing karate for a long time
1: and then started teaching jiu-jitsu as well. Um, and then I wanted to see if what I was doing was really, really working while still doing karate. So I had an MMA fight with, you know, a little bit of ju- – I was probably blue belt on jiu-jitsu and, and karate and I – I did okay, but I got beat up and and lost that first fight. And then I was like, All right, well, maybe we will start doing some MMA if this stuff's
0: not really working. Right. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's that takes a lot of introspection to do that because, you know, even you'd, you'd see it now with a lot of guys who are really good at stand up but don't do much jiu-jitsu. They're like, ah, he just he just got me down. I've, I've, yeah. j- I've just I've just, just got to <laughs> sprawl more. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, no, man. Like, you don't need to just sprawl. <laughs> you need to, you need to round it out. There's a lot to this. Yeah. You know? That's fucking cool, man. That's uh, that takes a lot of introspection to do that and. Like I said, man, a lot of balls. It's it's tougher out in some of those regional areas to start to get gyms going and things like that, man, and it's you know, it takes a lot of balls from people who start those up. I remember when I was out in um Horsham, um, the guy that started started runs the, the Horsham Jiu Jitsu out there, he um he trained actually under, under your coach, John Will. Yeah. Um, and a guy called Trent Rice, I think the yeah. bear coach. yeah.
1: Ooh, <laughs> Trent Rice is strong, bro. He looks like he's a fucking big dude. He's got a keskatami that would kill most people.
0: I fucking shuddered to think. Yeah. Shuddered to think. <laughs> and uh, he moved down from Geelong back to Horsham, and he said to Trent, he goes, oh, he's, you know. He said, "Well, I want. I sort of want to want to do jujitsu, but there's nothing there." He said, "Well, you're gonna to have to open up your own school." So. That's what he did. That's right. That's like that's the sort of stuff at like that grassroots
1: regional level. That's that's what yeah. it takes, isn't it? It was cool to be a part of it. Do you know what I mean? Like I had no training partners. No one was doing jujitsu. I knew jujitsu was fantastic. I knew it was fun. I knew it was hard. I knew it was real, and I wanted more people to train with, and I wanted more people to do it. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's like I could wait for infinite years for someone else to open it up, or we could just get it started today. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I started wrestling with my friends. <laughs> and speaking of. Uh, John, how did you end up getting uh, hooked up with him? Just the guy that's coming back and forth from Port Lincoln, mm-hmm. he he was under him. So he went to some seminars, I think, and was like, man, this guy's pretty cool. You should come check him out. I was like, yep. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. But I didn't know there was anyone else. I literally didn't know there was anyone else doing jiu jitsu. Yeah. Matt Jones was <laughs> the second person I found doing jiu jitsu, you know? Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Way back in the day. Insane.
1: Yeah. I'm sure there's more. I went to a Leo Arruda's Leo, a class when I was when I was a white belt as well. He asked me if I could do Delaheva and I, I had, I just assumed he was speaking a different language still, <laughs> which I guess delaheva is, but yeah, no, yeah, there was not that much.
0: I, uh, I years ago, years ago, this might have been 2012, I reckon I did like two months at Arruda and I went to like a morning class. How was it? That. It, was, it was good, um, you know, and, you know, fair to say at the time, you know, you hit all accounts was Lee was a much more, you know, like a... Intense person sure. I never sort of encountered That intense side of him But that's On all accounts But I remember one morning He was showing like a or oh, Some sort of Side control escape Into a, an attack I forget what it was And I, I can't, It was. I, I feel like it wasn't That dumb of a question I said Oh were you Doing it this way And not uh, This way Instead of this way And he goes Yeah This moves for Not for beginner beginners If you know what I mean Did he? <laughs> So like Maybe just practice this instead And I was like <laughs> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was Thanks, like, pal. Ah, uh, I might might just stop the director. <laughs> but you know, in uh, that uh, in that time as well, I recognise it. Arena when Kate Wilson got a brown belt as well. Crazy, one of those crazy things that I ended up training with her and Kane uh, eventually. So Tell it's um, around. It's I just happened to be there at that time, like in the brief month period. Yeah, that I craziness. was there, um, and even Declan wouldn't remember this, but I reckon I did like a no gear class. With but he was like juvenile blue, and he really beat the fuck out. Of oh me. man, it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, it's just, fuck that that's fucking started young. But yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if it was the same for you. But when when I started Jiu-Jitsu, it wasn't always nice. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't that many nice people. It was like a lot of people beating the shit out of each other, and like you go, you get the shit beating out of you for a while, and then maybe you beat the shit out of someone. You kind
0: of pass it on. But yeah. now I feel like
1: there's a lot of nice people doing it. It's much more friendly now. I feel.
0: Well, I suppose I I had two. Versions, but I had two cracks in it. Like, I, just, it was at a root, I only spent two months, month and a half at a root it, And I remember I would do Warwick Raymond's beginner's class. Sure. And after that, it would be like, you know, okay, so who, who's going to roll? Who's going to, it was, you know, they would do their class. Um, next the advanced class next to us and then it would just be rolling for an hour and you know they're like okay guys who's rolling and you look across and all the brambers are like cracking their necks (laughs) like slapping themselves up like they were gonna kill you and i'm like fucking no No, thanks no thanks (laughs) like you know and because you'd seen them doing stuff and we'd and you know we just literally spent a fucking hour doing the fucking kimura sweep for like that's what we did every class i'm like (laughs) We we'll do something else, <laughs> but I, I get it. there is a process to it. But then, when I first started Jiu-Jitsu in twenty sixteen again, like at the time, like I didn't feel that sort of vibe. Not so bad, right? At all, yeah. yeah. So maybe four years later, it's craziness. Maybe that. Maybe I just came around at the right time. Maybe it was at the. Maybe it was you know still like that at other gyms, but yeah. just you know at the time when I restarted, it wasn't like that at all, man. It was like. Everyone there was super friendly. I got clicked with everyone pretty instantly. and That's great. My, my first submission was against
1: another brand new white belt. I got Mount, I put both my hands under his neck and just squeezed as hard <laughs> as I could. And he tapped. And I, I went home thinking, I'm the man.
0: <laughs> I was like, I'm the no jiu I'm the best. Like that's re- when I first started, you know? I reckon when I started back in 2016, I reckon the first, I reckon I came to a no gear class on a Monday. And I reckon it was heel hooks. I reckon it's outside. I reckon it's it's outside. Outside (laughs) heel hooks is what we're doing now. It might have been. That's what they were doing, and maybe I got just got to do straight foot locks. I can't really remember. But like heel hooks is what they were showing, and I was like, okay, let's do. And now this. And like when I first started, like uh, you know, a lot of people come in. They've never watched. Some have watched like a little bit of UFC before. Some would watch none uh, Like I'd watch, I was already a full UFC nothing By yep. that point Like Nothing now, now Obviously watching Like MMA And actually Doing jiu jitsu Is pretty fucking different But like you know Like I'd trained kickboxing For a few years And i have done like little bits Of fucking MMA sparring With mates and stuff like yeah. that So like You know when, when you've got like a smidge Of like knowing what you're doing Against someone who has no idea Like I was oh, like Fuck yeah man. I was like Yeah <laughs> But that learning curve of getting bashed by blue belts and uh, purple belts. and It's a real curve. And you're like, man, like, how am I ever going to be as good as that guy?
1: Well, here's the, th- here's the thing that's always been a bit different. So I never really had that in a while. There's no purple belts. There's no blue belts. It was me and a bunch of people who were newer than me. You yeah. know what I mean? And then I would show them stuff and they would get better, quicker than I would. They'd be like a little bit better... Than I would, and then they'd leave, and then there'd be another brand new white belt. You know,
0: oh. I didn't get bashed that much for a long time because it was just me. Have you found that um, now being a you know full time instructor that that um, that beginning for you has maybe. Made you a better teacher because you're one hundred percent constantly having to hone, and you get to practice the way that you're teaching beginners over and over and over. Again. Yeah, I am probably one of the better white belt coaches in the world because I've I've just had white belts for a long time. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's cool, man. No, that's um, and you hear guys like even like uh, John Donahue talks about it. And he goes, um, the way to get you know the way that he, what gets his guys to train is he gets them to roll with you know like blue belts and people who are like you know significantly worse than them so they oh, can been helpful they can practice that not it's not just bashing people it's like okay you, and you want to almost pick the right sort of style you're like okay pick somebody who's going to give me the reactions that yeah. i want and but like who isn't good enough to stop the counter that i'm gonna do and i used to have it. a book with a
1: list of people's names and i would just try to do one submission on that person for a week or a month you really know? so i like, <laughs> so like brad would be armed bars michael would be uh, chokes or, or whatever, you know. Like, Alan's
0: little black book of yeah, yeah. submissions.
1: Yeah. It didn't last long because they got good pretty quick,
0: <laughs> and I got discouraged. But that was for a little bit, yeah. The other thing the that's life. always interesting when you see people come in and they start news, the people who are quite obviously natural athletes, you know. Oh but man, you- they used to wreck me. I'd be running the class, and these guys day one would just crush me. <laughs> You've got those guys who, oh, yeah, like what else you do? Oh, I play, like, A-grade footy or, like, I play A-grade soccer or, you know, like, they come yep. in like, yeah, you know, go to the gym or whatever. Do some weights. And then you've got, you know, other dudes who come in and they're quite clearly not physically talented. They've obviously watched a couple of Rogan compilations on YouTube yeah. about how jiu-jitsu is transformative to life and how training martial arts can, you know, like, you know, MMA and jiu-jitsu is good for people who aren't as, you know, physically gifted and they don't get it nearly as quickly but those guys, they have that... They that, stay. They have that more linear progression. you yeah. know what I mean? With yeah. some of those guys who are new, and I'm doing like a graph with my hands on the fucking audio. But like, You use proper graph names. Just say it's parabolic. <laughs> they get stuck at the top for those other guys. I don't know what that word is. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like guys who are... You know, they get really good really quick, and yeah. then they, have, they hit a plateau after... Like, ah, like, you know, I might do something else now. Like yeah. they, they don't like that feeling of that... Party. Whereas guys who are maybe aren't as naturally gifted, they, they start const- constantly that. going along and hitting those quite frequently. Yeah. And then they probably don't notice the progression when they're doing it until they until they have new white belts come in and they start whooping that ass. That's and then right. they're like, Oh, I get this it now. Is good. Like, <laughs> That's one of the better feelings, I reckon, is when you're, like, at first, like, a white belt and then, like, you're getting your ass bashed. I won't then... train with colour belts now. I just bash white belts. <laughs> it's the best. That kid's class, <laughs> man. I wreck it every day. Listen, Bray, if, yeah. if you're a fucking 12-year-old, you're getting bowled,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> if I knew how to bowler, you'd get bowled for sure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's fucking dope, man. Um, and so uh, what's uh, your, so your brown belt under John Will? Correct. How far was it to his gym from Wyala? Decent
1: old drivers to his gym, yeah, in Geelong, yeah, yeah. So it's a like a day and
0: a bit trip. It's a day and a bit. Okay, yeah. I was trying. I think, to... I think it's
1: like thirteen hours
0: if I if I remember. And so, how often would you get down there? Do you think? Uh like
1: two or three times a year. Two or three times a year. Yeah, but he would come over two or three times a year for seminars. Mm-hmm. So, like, it used to be my favorite trip. I'd go to he'd do a seminar in Port Lincoln on. Friday night and then he would fly across to Adelaide and do seminars on Saturday and then fly back Saturday night. So I would drive to Port Lincoln, do the seminar, drive home, sleep for two hours, drive to Adelaide, do the seminars in the morning, and then sleep and drive back. So <laughs> it was it was the best. It was like I was just thinking about Jiu Jitsu
0: driving, Jiu Jitsu driving. it was just Jiu Jitsu, you know, that was that was cool. He's uh he's an interesting dude, man. I was listening to a podcast the other day, he was on that that Sunny Brown breakdown, yeah, yeah, podcast is fucking great podcast. But he's a he's a, he's a bit of a no nonsense dude. Do you know what I mean? He, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a good word as it. He's a no nonsense dude. <laughs> yeah. he doesn't. You know, it's just like a typical country Aussie dude. Do you know the way yeah. that he fucking the way that he talks and the way that he looks at things. He's just straight up and down. Black's black, white's white. That's, I'm obviously biased, but he's the man. Yeah, he's dude, man. Least he's he's an OG for a reason. Not not just an OG of. Australian Jiu Jitsu but an OG of Jiu Jitsu I remember a seminar a
1: seminar my very first seminar with him he was teaching ankle picks as well as like a side of control escape yeah I've done double legs with him I've done like he does like good fundamental solid wrestling with, with that wrestling attitude of like just grind through them as well as like real technical put your left hip here put your right hip here move this like it's it's a good mix you know what I mean and like
0: he's a savage that's for sure yeah yeah and uh, it's it's interesting to he's very Seems very, when I was listening to him talk, he seems like very open to like, you know, because some, maybe uh, instructors have been around a long time, to hear about him, some of them being more closed mind and things like that. But he's almost like, cool, look, if you can show me that you're doing something that it works, sweet. But if it doesn't work, like, nah, yeah. I'm good, man. I think he said it to me, and I, I say
1: it all the time. Like, if it works, I can't argue. You know, if a whiteboard comes in with the stupidest thing, but he catches me with it, who am I to argue, you know? Clearly, it just worked. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh Lucky Colmo told a funny story But he was teaching a technique At the new gym the other night And he's telling a story About how this When he was teaching in India There was a And he told this story To the whole class He won't mind me saying this We'll see But uh, It was and A student came in And he's like Oh coach I've got this submission Like it It can't It works Like it's And basically you're in full guard is this a death, the scorpion death grip? Yeah, like, almost TP your legs in the air and you wrap around their body with your arms, like, under your own legs. And then, like, he's like, no, man, like, that's that's not going to work. Like, that's that's never going to work. Like, you, you might hit... You won't hit anyone good with that. He's like, here, in front of the whole class, here, try it on me. And then he does it on him. And then he's like, immediately, the face of knowing that he fucked up. He's like, oh, fuck, do I, do I let my ribs... Break <laughs> for for pride or do it's zap, and he then he says he just said man that's and that's when I learned, you know it's, instead of saying like that's why I learned never to judge technique he's like and that's why I learned never to let anyone demonstrate anything on me in front of the class. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know James Zachariah, obviously.
1: I do, yeah. My yeah. neck, my neck knows him very well. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. neck. So that guy, he brought the Scorpion Death Group to Wawa because he used to work in Wawa like week on week off for one, one off, or whatever it was. I was wondering what the connection was between. Yeah, so he used to work up there, and he brought it up, and then there's a guy at my gym whose name is Bish, and he's just like six foot tall, lanky, but pretty strong, and he submits everyone with the Scorpion Death Grip. Uh, it's terrible. It's
0: terrifying. It's that guy in India changed all of our lives. The worst part about that technique is when the submissions let go. That's it when, gets when, worse. When they let go and your organs expand back <laughs> out, you're like, oh, what sort of pain is this? Yeah, man? terrible. <laughs> that's fucking crazy, man. Um, speaking of James, that's one thing that you have done in the new gym down in Adelaide is you've um, done like a lot of outsourcing and you've gone out of your way to bring a lot of guys in. That's um, like because there's a lot of times there's two mindsets right some and there's no wrong way of doing it some guys are like well like i want to have you know control of the curriculum i want to know exactly what's been taught so i can sort of keep it consistent and there's nothing wrong with that or there's the school of, okay like i'm gonna get guys who are fucking experts in certain fields and i'm gonna bring them in and i'm gonna oversee it but i'm gonna bring guys in to a teach the students and so that i can learn from them as well which is the route that you've gone. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that and like um why you thought it was important when opening gym sort of start bringing in like a lot of outside influences as well.
1: It, my hero and everyone's Miles Simpson was doing it and I just copied mm-hmm. him. Um the other thing is so I'm I'm okay for sure, but there's there's people who are better at specific things than I am. So like I I'm, I'm I'm okay McGee, but like I've had blue belts and, and purple belts do like some gi stuff I'm like, I don't I don't really know where that is and I can shut it down because just because I'm a little bit better than them but they're doing stuff that I clearly have no idea about and it would be ridiculous for me not to encourage that so someone like Lockie Warren who is obviously very good in the Gee, he can yeah. show that stuff and, and, and help their progression so anything I can do to to make my guys better and then they'll get better than me at that stuff and then they will can show me then I'll get better at it you know what I mean like it's almost a selfish reason, just so I can get better. If I get these guys in who are better than me, then I'll get better. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I am still as much like I know that I obviously lead the gym, but I'm still as much student in my gym as these guys. You know, like yeah, mm-hmm. it's real handy having these guys that can make me better as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. And that's that does show your humility a lot as well. And it's well known that you're probably. A little bit too humble and a little bit too self-deprecating of your skills <laughs> as like a, a martial artist and a coach and things like that. But that does, you know, go to show the, your humility as well. You're like, okay, well, I'm not done learning just because I've got yeah. my gym now doesn't mean that I'm done. You hear and you hear people talk about that a lot. Maybe when someone gets a black belt or something like that, they're like, sure. uh, you know, okay, well, like I'm, I'm here. That's what I'm doing. I'm done now, which maybe in years gone by was more common than what it is now. Yeah. It's helpful to be like this, I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it, it makes everyone better. Why would you not do that? Yeah. Why would you not?
0: And we've seen you take um, a bit more of a, a route now into the submission grappling scene as well, man. Like with oh, yeah. the M16 opens and things like that. Is that something you've been enjoying, man? So, so um, going that direction more than, you know, particularly over the last few year years where there haven't been as many MMA fights on and things like that. Like, is that something that you've been enjoying?
1: I enjoy getting punched in the face less.
0: Yeah, anything <laughs> <laughs> that helps with that is it, it, real
1: handy. Yeah, no, it's been real cool. It's a Because the stakes are so low, and like I said, there's been more shows recently, I get to compete with, not my, my heroes, because I'm not at that level yet, but I get to compete with my heroes, you know what I mean? Like mm. My match with Sean D'Ambrosio, which, it was mind-blowing for me that I got to share the mat with him on a competitive scene. I understand that I'd be allowed to train with him, but just to like... Be allowed to compete with him, it's like I'm not in <laughs> Schumann's division. Why are right. they looking at me you, in here? And
0: you, you won that match, Did, you, you forget <laughs> that you won that match, like it's which is you know, that's you're We're talking sorry. about like it's talking about like you got your ass whipped, but I'm like, dude, like you won that match. But this is,
1: but I don't get to have a fight with Rodolfo Marquez or Raja Shippen or these guys who are clearly yeah. much better than me, don't you know okay. I mean? Yeah, but like, like Pablo, I had a match with Pablo, Pablo is clearly. Evidence much better than me, but I, they'll let me
0: compete against him. You know, I get to do that. I Listen, get to compete bro, against guys better. We sh- we should if we cut the video off after that first backtake. This, this is what I've done with. in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> Take the match. Ended, if we just 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 like just lose the rest of the footage, <laughs> <laughs> but, but then like yeah, when I was scrolling through the Alan Hartley fucking roll decks here, there's a lot of M six. There's more M sixteen matches now than there are MMA fights just about, man. Like pretty well, which is fucking it's crazy. Your match with Hannon uh, oh, on the, the Open. Can you... For those who weren't there, um, Alan fought a Brazilian gentleman named Hannon Dantas on the M16 Open, and Hannon's finger dislocated, broke, whatever you want to call it, two or three times in the match. Two times, yeah. Uh, not like a little bit, like it was at a 90-degree angle. Can you... What was going through your mind when his finger was fucking pointing off like that and he's he's not even breathing at he's not it just looks like it's a regular day. Two two things happened. Number
1: 1, I was like I need to make sure this guy stays calm. He looks like he's in shock. He must be. <laughs> he's good. not pulling any faces, he's not moving. I need to, I need to make sure this guy stays calm so we don't have an accident. I start talking to him and he just like kind of shrugs at me like this is no problem. Like, I'll break the rest of them and still kill you. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy is a savage. And then number two, I was like, I hope they don't stop this match. And then I, if, if I win by broken finger,
0: this this would suck. Let's. I'm going to try and find this, man, because this is fucking wild. If you look up Alan Hartley, oh, my God. <laughs> Alan Hartley versus Hendon Dantas on YouTube. What the fuck, man? <laughs> These fucking finger... It's at right angles, bro. Look at the people in the background. The <laughs> <laughs> face is like, what the fuck, man? The- <laughs> I
1: don't really know what to do about that.
0: Yeah, it's hilarious. He just fucking popped that sucker back in and let's fucking go. And that happened the second time as well, somewhere along here. And you know what? This is, uh, I reckon he'd just come off that big win... He was crushing it. He was crushing the scene. He, uh, he beat Anthony Paglazi, didn't he, in his previous match? Yep. That's, big, that, that big was hugs a, and he was um, destroying over in Perth. That was a real tight match from what I remember. It was a real tight match. Yeah. is <laughs> you yelling out the tape. No one had tape at a Jiu-Jitsu comp. <laughs> How weird is that? Um, yeah, he had that tight match with Pugs and then it was almost like a back take from closed guard that like cinched it up. Yeah, right he had end. a devastatingly tough looking guard. He was the
1: man. Right. Make no, make no doubt about it. Henan is a
0: savage. He's very good, man. And that's... Uh, I remember looking at this match and like, man... And I, I, I thought I, I
1: was... I thought it was good. This was another one where I was like... Because I was still a purple belt and he was a brown belt. He was... Um, undefeated the previous year in competition. Mm. So I I don't know anyone who's undefeated for a year Death definitely Connor I guess. I don't know anyone who's undefeated for a year and then and then he went up a belt and I think he had like a one or two comps and, and still undefeated. I was like, man,
0: this is this is insane that they can let me fight this guy. This is bad for me. But you know what as well like I'd uh, I'd talked to Nick about this and I can't remember if it was before this or after this that Nick Hughes? Yes, uh, I was on the he, he just quickly asked me about the Phone podcast. Might, I reckon he was after this, and he's like, he was we're talking about that match, and I'm like, man. And I didn't, I didn't. I, at the time, I was like, I hope Alan doesn't get like offended by this because I didn't know any other way to describe it. Some, if someone's like, someone said to me like, describe Alan Harley's game, like his game. <laughs> I was like, go. I don't, I don't know if I could, I couldn't like put it down in one word. All I could just tell you is that he just fucking. When it, it it does. it's always different but he wins he wins more often than he loses do you know what I mean that's like it's if it's very flowy and he wins like and that there's no difference do you know what I mean <laughs> do you know what I mean like uh, it's, it's it's not it seems wanky to say like no way is way that's such a Bruce Lee thing but, but like, this
1: is this is a thing we're just training with white belts for a long time like you, you really and teaching so many different white belts like small ones big ones men women like, you have to learn all these different things to make them all good in their own mm-hmm. way. Like, James is so good at guillotine. And this this started here, you know. And I, instead of telling him that he needs to do other
0: things, like, you encourage guillotine because it's clearly working, you know. And this is the same with him. I have to get good at all the ways my students need to get good. He's um started around, I don't know if you've rolled with him recently, but he's really started to round out some of his bottom game with, like, I've the watched shoulders. him
1: pull off triangles.
0: yeah. Yeah, um, his shoulder crunch now, like his shoulder crunch. When I'm trying to like float past from the straight hamstring side, yeah. He's like, nah man, like I'm gonna clamp that shoulder down and I'm gonna sweep you. you got nowhere. Yeah, um, and a- any time now, like I'm, he's on bottom and I'd like try to get past his legs. I'm like, okay, just put your head up as high <laughs> as you can. I'm like, no bro, I'm I'm loose passing today. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, okay, like let's let's just try and like do some pressure passing or something like that, just to you know. Just to see what's up, and then you know, his frames, and then if you get past the frames, you get guillotined. It's, that's the best insane. Yes, that's the, the other thing that is almost probably underestimated about his game is his guard retention. Like it's it's the way he gets his knees to his elbows and keeps them there, and sort of can like, not it's not like a full invert, but he can almost like do that while you're like up near his head. He's surprisingly unflexible for some of the things he can do. <laughs> Real quick, he's actually a really interesting
1: person. You should have him on.
0: Yeah. yeah, he's a, so, always such a nice guy, man. Always, um, he's very knowledgeable about standards. Yeah, I was about to say, do you know he's an excellent striker? Like, yes.
1: If we had a boxing fight, he would murder me.
0: Murder. He, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. I've, I remember I was chatting with um, Libby, uh, Michael Lindbaddy, yeah, one yeah. time. Um, and, you know, Libby's someone that, you know, I respect his opinion a lot about Sandham and things like that. He said, man, you need to talk to my man, my friend James. Yeah. I said, oh, okay, cool. Here we go. Fucking Alan Harley just submitting. And with a powerful toehold. Brazilians don't tap to toeholds, Alan <laughs> Harley. What the fuck is going on with that toehold grip? I was pretty sure he wasn't going to be able to walk. Like, that was that was literally breaking in my hands. I mean, that... let's We can go back and have a look. But you guys were rolling around in this, tight, like, entanglement. It was a toehold shootout. I, I, I went... I had one first. And I was like, he's
1: probably going to escape. And then he tried to toe hold me. I was like, oh... He's stuck. And then he tapped. He was a nice guy. He was nice as... Very nice. No, yeah. Ours, us 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 That's what you say a lot.
0: <laughs> Lots of horses. Um, yeah, no, going back to James, I remember... Livy said, yeah, might just talk to my friend James. Um, you know, he knows a lot about stand-up and I'm fucking... Love what love watching stand-up. I don't, you know, kickbox anymore or anything, but, um, you know, I'm a fucking massive stand-up nerd and any time now we're around and talk about fucking... Tie fights and those sort he knows, of things. Yeah, and he fucking knows, man. He's yeah, it, very good. I've, I've never, I've never seen him. I've never seen any footage of him or sparring or fighting or anything like that. I know he's had like he's a few fights and things. Like, I've just never. I think like five Fox seen him. fights.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know he's a savage. I've seen a couple of uh, photos of YouTube sparring. There's one of him like some photo of, that of him like. Loading up this fucking left hook that looks like he's fucking loaded up from his fucking his grandma's house. It's like, it's like fucking, he's like about to turn in this hook, and I'm like, oh, he's fucking loaded. It must have missed, otherwise I wouldn't be here today. This man <laughs> hits so hard. Um, now you've got another M16 open fight coming up at the end of the month, don't you? January 30th against Will Kolarov. Will Kolarov. It's pretty exciting. It'll be a good fight, man. He's um, it'll be a great fight too, guys. Who just go out there don't. Fuck around, don't, aren't like, ah, super concerned about, like, you know, the yeah. point side of things. He's here to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. His, um, one thing he's really shone at, I suppose, and, you know, maybe he's always good at it, but I didn't see it, but... Leg um, locks? His, his leg locks, yeah. Right, where he's, did that come from? He was meant to be a wrestler, and they just started <laughs> leg locking everyone, heel locking everyone. Yeah, like he yeah. was, that's, um, I don't want to say quintessential, but, you know, the style we see a lot of times out of the Side Rollers guys, they're very, like... Good with the the front headlock defense and offense. Very good uh, wrestler, passing, yeah. back taking, those sort of things. Normally, the jiu jitsu that translates well to MMA. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, also, because he was very, very good and very promising, and I don't know if he's going to have an MMA fight again. I need to talk is. to him, yeah. but you know he's, you know, very good MMA fighter, very yeah. good kickboxer as well. Very yeah. pretty fucking good at everything. Yeah.
1: Is it Mark O'Callaghan? Yeah. His coach? Yeah. Yes. This credit to him, like for he's exact he's same thing we we're talking about. For he's a coach who can develop multiple different styles, you know. Yeah. And make people good at them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's it's phenomenal how good the guys from there are. For sure, man. For sure. And uh, I was especially impressed at that when he had his match with uh, Jesse Lawton at that four man. What's up? Four man thing. What's up? I um, suppose you know because Jesse's quite well quite well known for his leg locks as yeah. well, and you know you you. Look at that match, and you would say, "Okay, well, like no, no one got submitted, but you would say that Will got the better of those yeah, Will they play like, exchanges ball exchanges, yeah, for sure, bro." And did then,
1: you have a match with Jesse? Or was it just Jesse? I remember the commentator. I, <sighs> couldn't, I couldn't. Know, let's <laughs> cut.
0: <laughs> let's cut. Let's cut this out. Oh uh, man. Man. I remember
1: listening to that on the Batphone podcast. I was like, "Tommy's there as well." Come on, guys.
0: Uh yeah. Now listen, um, yeah. There were two people Involved in that match But if you just listened <laughs> To that episode From that day you, you wouldn't know it Yeah it was a good match I remember watching It, it was a good match But it's, uh, that, man, he's, listen, I've, got, I've got no problem With saying that If you're going to look at Who's a He's, he's a better Jiu-Jitsu guy, guy Than me Could I Maybe beat him on If I had a good day sure. sure But I've got no problem Saying that he's probably A bit further ahead In his skill development Than me at this stage For but, sure Any advice? Tell against me, against, analysis, against so, him yeah. Or against Will Against Will Collar, yeah. Against Will, yeah. Man, I, I First of all, I'm not going to be offering you any sort of advice on this podcast. Well, I heard Alan you, De-
1: you cornered Declan at that DFC thing, and he won that. <laughs> so give me some help, Tommy Hayes.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's right. If he, well, if if he grabs a leg lock, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just going to yell that he doesn't have it. That's <laughs> listen, man, and and i, I I'm, I've been doing jujitsu for five minutes. you know. <laughs> no, I. That's one of the scary things now is that. A, might have been one of the last uh comps I think comment was refing, he's like, Oh like, would you mind doing a little bit of like coaching? And I'm like, I don't know. Like what am I gonna yell out? Like like that's when I if if I would go me and Declan would go like do nationals or stay uh, you know, Asian Open or padbacks or whatever and maybe it's just me and him and a couple of the others and you have to like He's fighting. And like, you got the classic advice. Four minutes left. Yes. Yeah, uh, breathe. P- play your game. <laughs> play your play your game. Just like, Do okay, the take, there's nine minutes and 55 seconds left. <laughs> don't go. Nine minutes, 50 now. <laughs> you know, but with, with him, you don't have to fucking yell anything out. He always fucking wins. He's the man. Um, no, I, That's a, it's a stat card, this M16 one that's coming up, man. But this black belt. Super four man thing with Ash Williams and Skinner and yeah, um, Rod Costa is Rod, Rod Costa still in there, I believe he is. is um, he? I reckon what a Savage, it. yeah, and guys uh, like that who are still
1: competing MMA and still crushing MMA and competing traditionally. what, what savages,
0: yeah, savages um, back and forth, man, they just fucking yeah. doing the thing, well oh, cool, I'm gonna do, do both, that. yeah, for sure, man. What's I imagine it'd be. You see it a lot more now, don't you? Like uh, particularly even like at the UFC level, you saw that Fury grappling thing that was on exactly. podcast the other day. We had now granted they said okay, we're taking away the heel hooks for the, the UFC <laughs> athletes. Which listen, man, uh, which is probably in my opinion came after Cub Swanson when he did his oh, ACL, yeah, I remember that. and sure. that uh, was a quintet. I don't think it was quintet, but It was a quintet style, yeah, tournament. Uh, kinetic, I reckon it was kinetic. Who did that to him? I don't know if anyone... I don't know if anyone did it to him, or if he... Oh, he half did
1: it himself, I remember. Did like, he, like, backstep,
0: or did he, like, turn the wrong way? No, someone was, like, on it, and he had it straight, and, thing and they kind of, like, fell into it. Yeah. But I don't remember who
1: was... A pl- Listen to me. If you're if you're wrestling Cub Swanson, and you have a fully locked-on heel hook, you let go.
0: It's Cub Swanson. Yeah. Let that guy go. Bro. He earned it. <laughs> <laughs> He's the man, bro. He was uh, calling for a fight the other day. He said, uh... He said, you're our favourite. Let's fight for, like, the honorary WEC belt. Did <laughs> he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a gangster. Those guys, man, they were fucking... They were gangsters back before people knew what the 145 weight class was, man.
1: I didn't know. I don't... I'm not much of an MMA or you nerd, but um, Jose Aldo's double knee. The oh,
0: one said, what's up? That's... What's up? One of the greatest knockouts of all time. All time. All those guys, man. Like, people talk about, like, as five favourite an example. Like, yeah, like, the guy was never like a UFC champ but I'm like yeah but like if you, you know act, he was the best 45 in the world when they started it just after UFC bought the WEC Yeah, do you know what I mean and like it's just ha- so happened that his run came when that was to it Ian McCall same thing he was the best 125 in the world before there was a flyweight thing there Dom Cruz Dom Cruz same thing do you remember when they did I think you want to remember this they did a like a some sort of Flyweight mini tournament thing When they first brought the weight class in And they matched Ian McCall up With Mighty Mouse uh. And in the last round uh, Ian McCall had like He was had mounted back control on Mighty Mouse He had like literally like double hooks Flattened out And was like fucking wailing on him Like <laughs> in the last round And they... He could have fucking... He, he, but then he started like yelling out at the crowd and shit like that. And I'm like, what are you <laughs> what? doing? And then for some reason, they fucked something up with the scoring. So they had to do like a rematch. But like Ian McCall, 100% could have put him away. What and then the... And then he, he just didn't. He just, Imagine if that was like your goes. resume, that you did put away Marty Mouse. Well, even at, kicking himself. at that time as well. Do you know what I mean? That's like, like a...
1: selling your Bitcoin when it first started. Like, God damn it.
0: I knew what I should have done. <laughs> Let's yeah that's like uh selling your nintendo 64 when you're a kid then years later you find out how much they were like a pokemon card exactly you know, you're like mom do you still have those pokemon cards no nah, we sold them <laughs> for ten dollars see um see logan paul he uh he had his that they reckon he paid 2.3 million dollars for a fake pokemon card oh no <laughs> so he's oh, literally no. he's, he's literally flying out to see this uh the people who's certified it's authenticity Oh, really? (laughs) He's Like someone said it's fake and he's like, nah, I'm literally going to fly out to see the people who certified it as authentic. Could you imagine if it was fake? Oh, man. I was never much into Pokemon cards. I was more of a like a a Yu-Gi-Oh card man. Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh,
1: bro. I remember my mum brought home one of those wrist pieces with the, with the decks. Bro. And I thought it was going to do the holographic thing. Bro. I
0: was so disappointed when I worked out like that wasn't real technology. That was so gangster. <laughs> and then if you've got like a friend who's got one as well and you're like, let's fucking do it. And then you stand 10 feet away and you're like, I can't see what card you're playing. We, we, we need to stand closer. <laughs> it was the worst but the best. I tried to teach my grandma to play yu gi oh Like I liked playing it so much that I was like, all right. I was like, and you know, I was like, okay, I need to play, but like i got no player. I'm like, all right, Granny, you can have this deck. I can imagine a shit talk as well. Like you and me, Grandma, what's that? And I, but no, there was no shit talk. So I had to be like, I was like, no, 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 that's a trap card. You can't. You have to play that one face down. <laughs> so, God, God bless her. The things that fucking uh, the things that they parents do for and grandparents do for their kids, man. They're the best. They're the best. Speaking of um, parenthood now, um, your young one, how old is how old is she now? Just over one.
1: Yeah, she's like uh, 12, 13 months. Wow. Yeah. and um, I don't why people say that. She's
0: one. She's one year old. Let's <laughs> not yeah, yeah. get ahead of it. They're like, yeah. They're like, oh, they're 63 months old now. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> when like, do you stop? It's like, no, they're five. Yeah. He's <laughs> one. She's uh, one. People always talk about like uh, fatherhood, motherhood. And, well, people have less talk about motherhood changing them. Probably more about how fatherhood is probably what you hear more often, how people... Are, change them is that something that you noticed when you became a dad that you sort of had a different outlook on things or not
1: Not or right was, away I didn't notice it at all until I went of course like there's diff, the first thing I noticed was there's like less attention for me you know like as selfish as it sounds like less attention from me to myself less attention from the wife less attention from no one really cares about you when you've got a baby in your yes. hand the baby thing's way cuter than I'll ever be you know yes Um, and then and then like is is like a not podcast talk as it is. Like the first time I was ever scared of like dying was like a road trip without Gracie. I was like, man, this this sucks a whole bunch. Like, because like I said before, like drive to Port Lincoln and then through the night drive to Adelaide, you know, like it was, it was it never crossed my mind that anything bad would happen because I'm just going to go do Jiu-Jitsu. That's what I'm yes. thinking about. But then the thought of like not being able to provide for my wife and baby, that that's like the first thing i like, oh, I'm different now. Right. Yeah. It's almost so like it's uh The risk appetite changes. Yes, exactly. That's exactly... And then there's not much rewards now that are worth being away from home for a long time. Mm -hmm. Where before, it was like, oh, like, it's a little bit uncomfortable temperature here. I'll drive
0: to another state, you know. (laughs) But now it's like, no, no, not worth it. It's crazy. I I, And I can only imagine, but, you know, having like an entire life form They're completely dependent upon you and yeah. then you're like okay like having a flow on impact because you know I'm fucking I've got nothing attached to me I've got a fiance but like in terms of my decision making and anything doesn't really impact like that many people right. right whereas yeah. you know when, when you've got a kid man like your decision making it's you know responsible for if, someone else if you let your cat out that thing can fend for itself you know listen man I was, uh, we've uh, he's a house cat, our cat he doesn't he doesn't uh they, he doesn't even know he can jump the fence but he doesn't know how to jump the fence that's how smart he is right but i know what you're saying they're like you know you, you cats you leave water and you leave food out and they're fine yeah. do you know what i mean yep. like, if you feel going away you can get you can get someone else to drop food and water off your cat you know <laughs> like it's but you know like kids man like ugh, like it's not just like oh you can't just like, ah, we'll just pack up and do this. We're like, no, we're going to pack this. We need to pack this. We need to pack this. and it about sums it up. And I don't think you're ever ready for it. You're not ever ready for it until it happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's crazy, man. It's exciting. Well, man, listen, we've got a couple of listener questions. I oh, do. That have come in for you as well. I'll put the, the call out for the listener questions. and we have got some here that have come in for you. So let's pull some of these bad boys up. That's smart how you do that. If he's not already been asked, why is he so happy? So the nickname, Happy Alan Hartley, obviously very self-explanatory. But where where who first gave you the nickname? Oh, uh his name's Jimmy White.
1: He's a DFC commentator. And we were trying to work out nicknames and with all like cliche stupid things like lion and just like all these names, which would be like cool, you know? Pit. yeah, <laughs> cyborg, these <Exactly. laughs>
0: just,
1: just cool things, right? It's gonna be the 55th cyborg, and then he literally just
0: caught out after the end of a fire. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we're going with that. Nice, yeah. man. And the now, it also seriousness, we joked about it at the start of the podcast, but you know, you are known for just being one of the you know, you might find a guy who's you know, as nice as Alan Harley, but you won't find anyone who's like nicer than Al Hartley, like, you're, is it, you know, being like a happy-go-lucky dude, is this something that is just naturally your way, or is that something uh, that you said, okay, you've made a concerted effort to be like that? Both, both, like, naturally, it comes pretty easy to me, and I try to do things to
1: make sure that it stays that way, mm. like, you talked about us clicking pretty early on, just training together um, on the mats, and then, obviously, you're not the only person or friend that I have, like, mm. that all happens from from training on the mats, that's where I meet most of my friends. And I get to do that every day as much. I have a pretty fantastic life. You know, I, I get to hang out with the baby all day. I have naps. I have naps pretty regularly. <laughs> um, I'm not cutting weights. So I eat, like, whatever I want at the moment. I get to hang out with my baby. I get to wrestle with my... People, my friends, pay me good money to wrestle with them. You know what I mean? Like, it's a pretty good gig.
0: <laughs> It'd be weird if I was angry. That's... Uh, and But you know what? That's It's funny, though, that... And you're... Listen, you're completely right. But not everyone, uh, you know, is uh, you know, present enough to see that in there because you know you think about everything that's going on in the world at the moment, right? Like not, people aren't always you know as self present to sure. see that. Do you know what I mean? So that it, does take a lot of presence in mind to 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 see that and to smell the roses while you're going through. Everyone talks about how crazy the world is at the
1: moment, but like yesterday i did weights i did coaching at night i hung out with barbs i get to look forward to the podcast with you and him. my life is fucking fantastic like it's pretty good
0: that's dope man listen that's uh it's very admirable and it's after this i'm like okay this is my new resolution i'm gonna be like more, more happy <laughs> start start shitting on other people it makes you look better oh, that's, like, that's, that's the key. Like, listen man we don't need to make me any more toxic don't you worry <laughs> Uh, why did Alan first start training martial arts In the first place We covered this a little bit But Honestly I was getting bullied Yeah There was just his, his name was Joe Boy And honestly
1: I should have bullied him For a ridiculous name But That kid used to bully me All the time at school And I thought karate would fix that you, it, it definitely did not but- were, you, were you a smaller dude at school or were you about one of those guys you- No I was chunky And I had like a Chunky I had a mushroom Yeah I was, I was a fat kid Wow I had a mushroom haircut as well and like I was, the I was cut. yeah, bro. It was, and I was neurotic about like conditioning it. So it was like shiny and neat. And like, bro, I was, I, was, I deserve to get picked on. By the way, <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't judge a book by a cover, but I judge myself hard. How I look. yeah, I got bullied, and I thought martial arts would be fun. So yeah, that's, that's why I started.
0: That's got. I feel like a lot of people, like I got picked on pretty hard at School. I feel like a lot of people, um, get and, you know, people can take it two ways and this is one thing I'm almost grateful for that being bullied as a boy, it's a little bit different Oh, being so bullied. much. You're not going to get beat up when you leave these guys. If you're a girl, you're getting beat up online all the time. Oh, and it's, it's so much more, um it's not out in the open. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like with boys, it's out in the open. Like if you're, if you're a chunk, it's like, yeah, fat fuck or something like that yeah. or it's like, yeah, fucking ugly. It's like, yeah, you're fucking ugly, blah, blah, blah. Whereas you know you got people who are like super like nice to your face and they might comment like nice things on like a a photo of you online and then like but you but then you like know that it's like almost like a piss take but you don't know that because no one's oh it's mind games bro it's one of those things and it's it's a fucking shame man do you know what i mean that's one of those things where i think and i don't know you know you're a fucking parent so But, you know, like, when I have kids, man, like, that's one thing I want to bike is, like, okay. Like, not limiting, like, social media, but, like, almost, like, playing down its importance and being, like, you know, making
1: them live in the real world. Yeah. I'm terrified of that. Yeah. Yeah, especially having a girl. Like, um, the studies show how boys and girls differ in their bullying. mm -hmm. Girls get it much rougher than boys. Mm-hmm. And like, because I got, I got insanely confident with my karate. Listen, I learned some carters, I was the fucking man with my pyjamas. <laughs> I walk around like I'm the man and all of a sudden the bullying disappears just because you get a bit more confident. That's it's not the thing. same with girls. It's not the same. You walk around
0: confident, they'll still cut you down. Almost more so. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Almost more so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny with martial arts as well. Like, you know, I started probably training when I was 16 and I, you know, I, I wasn't bullied at 16. Probably, you know, like the way I got over it was in like, you know, year eight, year nine. I was like, okay, like I don't really have anything physical to speak of. Maybe if I'm just like go harder at them verbally, do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Then, and that was know, my first line of defense too. Yeah. And the, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not, I'm, that's about it. the only thing I'm good at is I'm pretty quick on the tongues. So like yeah. that's one of those things where I'm like, okay, if I can go hard at them and be funny, then maybe they'll just, you know, like... And it worked, right? Yes, yep. yes. Um, but then even people who train martial arts for, like, for bullying, right? How often do they actually end up using, like, martial arts to, to beat up the bully? Never. Never. Because if you... If you get te- that
1: confidence and it's good, it's done.
0: Yeah, that's right. And then it's... You know, they don't perceive you as vulnerable. Yeah. Or it's that... But even training martial arts for me, like, I've never punched anyone without uh, a boxing glove on. Without concede. Yes. <laughs> I've never... I've never been in, like, some you know brawl right but it's you know but i've never felt like i've had to be just from like you know you train and you just it just gives you a confidence in yourself and uh which even not even for bullying sake just for your own you know your own mental health absolutely you know that's one of those things been that i feel like if more people saw that for what it was in terms of training instead of like yeah i'm gonna train to beat people up it's like no it's you learn how to beat people up but it's it's way more than that you you almost never get to do it yeah, no, not that right. you want to do it, but yeah, no, you get it. Right. You get it. Well, all right, last one. Hoo-wee. Who is your f- favorite combat athlete, and why is it Alexander Karelin? <laughs> now I feel this. I feel this a powerful inside joke here. <laughs> Alexander Karelin, what a man! What a man! I don't even know who he was to a couple of weeks ago, except for from that picture where he's suplexing someone and
1: he's got that face.
0: Oh, bro, let's let's while we're just here, yeah. While we're on the YouTube, let's just look up fucking Alexander Karelin. Look most, at that man, the Holy most feared man. wrestler of all time. What they, what do they call him? The Experiment was that his, the was, experiment. is it him? That was his name. Yeah. I saw some. I saw a video of him, like uh, teaching, teaching like youths like wrestling and stuff like that. That's terrifying. The, the other day, uh, and he was like doing like rolls over his back and stuff like that, and he was massive, just an absolute mountain of a man. There's like a mindset you want your kid to have. I don't know if it's his. <laughs> you know I mean? Listen, and I now, Rogan's said one thing one time, and I'm pretty off the Rogan bandwagon now, but he's like, he said, Russians, they're not regular white people. <laughs> yes, this, this is the thing that popped up the other day. He's a fucking, whoa. He's just walking around whoa. on his shoulders and shit. All the kids love it. They're clapping rightfully so. <laughs> oh my word. Oh my word! This isn't even highlights. I want to see. I want to see the. Hi- yeah, see, look at him with those goddamn kettlebells. And he's real Russian. But yeah, I mean, listen, he's one of the great ones. Now did, he did have an MMA fight as well, didn't he? Did he? Or, or am I? I hope not. Or am I thinking of someone illegal. else? Or am I? No, I might be thinking of Rulon Gardner, who's a wrestler, another wrestler, I think. Yeah. Look at this fucking, just this, this beautiful, beautiful is not the right word, just this scary specimen of a man. I would not like to shake that man's hand for fear of multiple <laughs> broken bones in my leg. Uh, in all seriousness, though, do you, do you watch much uh, martial arts and fights and jiu-jitsu and boxing and stuff like sure, that when you're not competing? Bit. And do you have any, like, favourites that you like to watch? Yeah. Or? So my boy, Dominic Cruz... Mm.
1: Um, I enjoy, like, the same thing we said about bullying, the way that he talked shit to Dominic Cruz, not to Dominic Cruz, he talked to TJ Mm Dillashaw. I enjoyed that so much. He, like, invented his own style about not getting hit. Like, I feel like he really thought about what the problem was and how to deal with it. Mm. Like, he was, um, he could, like, critique himself enough to know he doesn't punch hard and he should not get hit. And he's like, well, how do we do that? And then he kind of made his own thing, you know, rather than doing what was right or generally accepted. Anderson Silva, the man. The greatest. The greatest. Yep. These are my two. And Jose Aldo. These Jose are my Ardo. favorites. When that man kicks you in the leg. Oh, beautiful. Like, I wanted to be like Jose Aldo. When, when I fought Goran, I was watching Jose My fight camp was watching Jose Aldo highlight. <laughs> I was like,
0: kick him in the leg so much, I swear to God. Just watch him versus Uriah Faber rounds one Ooh. through to three on repeat. Yep. That was, that was my fight camp. Yeah, it's funny because back in the day, obviously you would have fucking seen it. Joe's eldest used to chop people's legs. And then all of a sudden he went to like, you know, a couple of times a fight to kick the legs. And then all of a sudden he just stopped doing it. So confused when he stopped doing it. I think it might have had something to do with the Chan Sung Jung fight. I don't know. They reckon he broke his foot in that that fight or something like that. But that seems to be about the time that he stopped doing it, I reckon. Yeah, right. I don't know, apparently he might have had some injury, I don't know, but I feel like no one's really asked him, like has anyone really sat him down like a reporter and really said, why did you stop Loki, (laughs) like I feel like that just hasn't been asked that. Someone please ask it, if you
1: ever get a chance to interview him. You have to ask that. Yeah, listen. Yeah. My, if, my, I, if
0: I get a chance, I'll ask him too. My Portuguese is very good. My Portuguese. <laughs> 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 or is why stop low cooking? Or yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yes, and that's when when I was in, uh, when I was in Japan with was like uh, we we're at one of the Brazilian bars, and the only Portuguese I know was what I would heard from. Renato Laranja, <laughs> which is just swear words. So I would just say that. And they're like, no, you can't say that. <laughs> so I'm, I know better than to speak Portuguese <laughs> Listen to me, I, if I was Jose out, so my fight with, with
1: Goran, I, I threw a lot of leg kicks and I went to sleep on the couch that night. And I got up to go to the toilet during the night and fell over from the immense, immense pain from the knees down. Wow. Oh, man, I could, have, I could not walk to the toilet. I crawled to the toilet after that. It's they're one of those things where if you time them wrong,
0: like... Oh, man. They'll fuck you up, you man. You kick a knee or a hip or with your foot instead of your shin. I mean, that's why, I like, you look at people in, you know, in May who throw... Calf kicks now Which is like The big thing And like But you think about though Like obviously Sure they can't They can't drop their knee down To check with their knee But if they're confident Going shin on shin with you yeah. That's gonna fucking take As enough out of you As much as it is them man Speaking of Jose
1: Aldo Low kicks Have you watched him Defend those calf kicks? Have you seen yes. that Jack Slack video?
0: I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Jack Slack nothing He's the man um, Yeah the way that he moves His leg out of the way Or like pivots that foot out Fantastic the way, yeah, it's almost like uh, bringing the heel to the opposite knee or to the opposite butt cheek. Yeah, like, yeah. the way he does that, or, or the way he like he like pivots it out, you know, yes. and like eats it, but you get it worse than he gets it. Gaichi yeah. has a good got a good way of doing it as well. What's Gaichi um, do? He he almost like does like a weird like not quite check, but almost like bringing the leg back like you would like the Thai guys sort of slide their leg back, but he almost like brings the heel back as well. Sure. It's, it was a rude. I just saw one of those YouTube shorts of it one yeah. day and I was like oh okay no shit like he's a guy as well that's probably one of the better leg kicks in the sport that almost well, doesn't get he was me. killing people and he throws body some... punches and leg kicks he throws his from weird ranges too like he throws his like, from, the from quinch yes <laughs> from back control he throws yes yeah.
1: Um, he listen had... you know you know a lot about MMA and you've done some striking have you ever thought about fighting MMA Tommy
0: so I had one kickboxing fight yeah many, kickboxing fight many a moon ago yes. tell me about it uh,
1: is the person you fight
0: against still train? I don't know. Or do
1: we know him? Who is it? Say it out.
0: His Say name, down. his guy, his name was George Hero, and he basically, oh, what a he, name! He basically looked like uh, Rambo, if if, <laughs> if 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 like like a like a mini me version of Rambo. He was so <laughs> shredded and he's so jacked. This is fucking twenty thirteen. Oh um, my word! And I was training at So to Martial Arts at the time, and yeah. I've been training for like, a couple of years, but yeah, um, I lost a uh, lost a split decision, which. Um, everyone in the crowd, except the two judges, thought I won. But that's sure. okay. But, but it's one of those <laughs> things bitter. where I look back now. But at the time, it was one of those things where I was like, ah, blah blah blah, angry about it, blah blah. But I'm like, man, like there was so much that I wasn't good at at the time, you For know, sure. like. And I did probably have designs on fighting MMA, you know, many moons ago. But I had a, um, a seizure while I was driving a car. Did
1: you? Yeah. Oh, I did um,
0: Yeah, I was driving a car and I had my first ever seizure and got diagnosed with epilepsy and. The neurologist is like, you know, he said just so you know, like if you want to fight, I think you have to get one of those forms filled out, And He says, well, you know, they're going to
1: yeah, ask me, and mean, I'm
0: going to have to say like no. Yeah. So that was one of those things at the time. Was you know really pretty, you know? But yeah. listen, man, I'm i've I've got no. I'm very uh, content now with sort of where my skill level is, and look, I was one. Well, I probably thought I was a bit better than what I was at, you know, uh, yeah. at, you know, <laughs> kickboxing and jiu jitsu and those sort of things. And you know, it's one of the things where you you do it and you realize, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm okay, but like I'm not, I'm not gonna be a, a fucking world beater. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. And MMA and kickboxing. That's one of the things where if you're not gonna be a world beater, you're gonna be okay and beat some guys, but you're gonna the guys who are good, you're gonna lose to and get bashed by like First that's that's not that. <laughs> that's not a good spot to be do you yeah. know what i mean so like i'm it's as hard as it is you know I, i'm almost happier now that i'm doing jiu-jitsu and if i'm gonna get you know bashed by good guys okay that's probably better that it's you know they'd maybe choke me and armbar me rather than you know have me in uh you know bottom side control elbowing the fuck out of me this is true this is true but He's much better being on top, elbowing someone. <laughs> I can imagine, man. I can imagine. Here we go. We're, look at your IFAB's leg here, man. The day after that Jose Aldo fight. That he's on crutches. The poor, That's crazy, bro. Um, speaking of... The, I remember they talk, asked Poirier about his fight with... Um, was it Jim Miller? might have been Jim Miller, where he was throwing calf kicks, and he got all this swelling on his shin, and they actually were going to... Cut his shin open to like relieve so like get Ooh. some of the, the fluid out there.
1: I've um I've got heavy after a fight, so I did like a real poor weight cut, and then overnight I put on ten ten kilos, mm-hmm. and the next six days another ten kilos. So in one week I put on ten twenty kilos. How? Oh man, it was it was you should see me. It was disgusting. It was <laughs> it was bousy loaves of bread for lunch, you know. <laughs> anyway. My, all, everything My joints My skin My body Was so So bloated And stretched That my skin hurt I would have cut My whole body open To relieve the, the pain <laughs> Instead I had to stop Eating so much junk food <laughs> But I feel Dustin
0: probably, probably Would have felt similar You know He would have wanted To cut it open Poor bastard Man That's a guy that's, I, felt, I felt bad for him A little bit When he lost To Charles Oliveira man. Like I felt oh, Dustin I felt, I felt good For Oliveira like uh, sure. you know that he got that win because his that has been around forever as well. But yeah. I think now, I'm like man, like you, poor Ed, it's, it's hard to say that for, he just. I felt like at the time he was the best lightweight in the world. You know, like that's I felt, whatever I
1: thought, right?
0: I felt like he would have beat Chandler. I felt like he would have, you know, beat a lot of those guys. And I get it, like it's he had those two McGregor fighters and he cashed out. But I feel like. Just he had that little hot streak where he could have beat anyone yeah. in front of him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And I f-
1: His match with Dan Hooker was the one that convinced me that
0: oh, he's the best. Bro. That's Craziness. A, Craziness. A, that was a wild fight.
1: Champion shit right there.
0: And, you know, Dan Hooker's, Dan Hooker's no fucking slouch, and he took everything that Dan Hooker threw at him in yeah, that, exactly. that second round, bro. Exactly. And came back.
1: And then just kept getting better as the rounds went on.
0: Oh, bro. Champion. Jim. And you know fucking Dan Hooker's medal as well, like you know. And listen, Ooh, I love I'm so Dan. Sad that Chandler fight. Fuck I would Chandler. I hate him man. I would like to see Dan Hooker in less of those fights. Do you know what I mean? Is that a good term? I would like to see Dan Hooker in less fights like that. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like please. that, like that. His fight against uh, Nazrat, where he sort of used his takedowns and things like that. You know, I'm like, okay, like that's good. Like you're un- you obviously acknowledging now that you need to take a different route. Brad Riddell. Oof. I Brad... love Brad Riddell.
1: I sparred with Brad Riddell. Have you nicest guy I've sparred with, and to see how many hard matches in a row this poor bastard's got in the UFC. Oh
0: my word! His fight with Fiziev recently. Oh my god, that's I feel like it was pretty pretty good fight Very. that hook kick. You know, like that's oh my word. That's almost as like as, as close to like a, a legit. Thai fight As you'll yeah. see Like in MMA yeah. In terms of like The tactics True. And the body kicks And those sort of things And yeah. you know And obviously They were formed. I don't know if uh, Was it Riddell That ended up Giving up the Tiger Muay Thai Coaching job to, And then Fiziev Took it over uh, Yeah so I you, think that was the way That happened like
1: Similar time I was At Tiger Like Okay Fiziev was there Like teaching us a, whether, Like Wednesday morning Kickboxing class Or something mm-hmm. Yeah it was cool as.
0: Yeah, so, and obviously, they'd sparred a lot and trained a lot. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Recently, so they obviously knew each other's games very well, but it was, and sometimes you'll see that and it'll be like a boring fight and they sort of won't go as hard. And but that was a good fight. Great fight. Great so, fight. Brutal knockout. A lot of out. respect, but great fight. Brutal knockout, yeah. man. That, like, it's, that was, like, scary, like, when he landed that wheel kick and sort of Riddell was almost, like, looking off to, like, in the distance at like yeah. someone who like wasn't quite there and he's almost like speaking to someone that wasn't quite there and people saying it was an early stoppage I'm like man I'm like if you this look at that not, it's an, early not an early stoppage bro Herb Dean cops a lot of shit and he's by no means he won the best referee award last year when he's not the best referee like he's not <laughs> he's the anymore best referee? Jason Herzog is that right? in my opinion sure Jason Herzog I reckon is the best man he he and he uh, he goes out of his way and he will admit when he was wrong he, as an example in that Anthony Smith fight against Glover Teixeira where Glover Teixeira just bashed him for such a long time. After the fight, he posted and he said, "Yes, I made an error in this fight. Like he should have put it earlier." Yes, he said, "I'm oh, gonna, sure. I'm gonna try and be better. Like I'm yeah. gonna endeavor to be better from this." How many times have you heard a referee say that? Sure. I've, I've never heard a ref say that. Um, and he's very good at like you know, taking guys away, giving them good warnings, and communicating effectively. Mark Goddard's another one. Like Mark Goddard's a stud. He's a hard ass. Like, he's a hard ass, and sometimes he comes across like the wrong way. Like if you remember in the, the Woodley and Usman fight, he, where he stood them up and he said, "Kamaru, this is a fight." Like you can't tell Kamaro how to fight. I'm like, I'm like, okay, like, okay, it's like it's kind of tough to, to say that, but you know, he's a hard ass and he comes across wrong sometimes. I think he's another very good, um, another great ref. But and listen. I I can't think. Luke Thomas who's a, a journalist. He found a study. They were looking at uh, baseball officiators, and refs, and things of like that. And they were saying it wasn't the refs who had been around for twenty plus years that were the best refs. It new was, guys, eh? It was the refs that had been there for like you know, ten in that ten year so range. It wasn't the brand newbies. It wasn't the ones that had been around forever. It's the ones who had been there for like in that sort of ten year sure. range, which was interesting to see. So do you want to hear some crazy shit? Mm. So. Um, I obviously coach
1: MMA fighters mm-hmm. At fight shows There was a fight show And there was some new refs And I won't say what show I saw And what refs But I asked this ref I'm like hey Professionals are allowed To do heel hooks right And like I'm not asking from A point of like Yes or no I'm asking like I'm trying to tell him That it's allowed You know what I mean But mm-hmm. in a nice humble way He's like uh, I'm not sure Let me check and I'm, I'm like, oh no! And then he's like, "You're allowed to do a heel hook, but you're not allowed to twist the leg." What? I,
0: I, 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 I said,
1: "I'm I'm like, "No, no, no! A heel hook is where you twist the leg." And he says, "I oh, know." You're allowed to heel hook. You allowed it, and then he's like, "You're allowed to twist of the leg, but you can't do a twister." And I was like, "What's happening? What?" I'm losing
0: my mind Like I don't understand Wait you can twist the leg But you can't do a twi- twister It's <laughs> a different position my man What are you
1: on about my friend Oh my and god And he's like yeah, yeah No you can, you can definitely do heel hooks As long as you don't like Grab the foot and twist it I'm like Do you know what a heel hook is And he's like yeah I've been heel hooked the other day I'm like Clearly not And then my fighter Wins by heel hook And I'm like I hope he doesn't lose like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit
1: Yeah it's Insane <laughs> Insane um, this is not spoken about. Everyone just assumed if you fight, everyone else at the fight show sure knows what they're doing. This is not the case. This is not the
0: case. <laughs> this is a slightly different story, but it's similar. Our, this is uh, Niza Fury. Um, I was cornering a guy that I helped get ready for a fight and um, I saw on the, you know, I think he had three fights, two fights, something like that. And he just prepared for a mod tie fight. Sure. Um, and he's fighting a guy that had fought mma professional previously with elbows and things like that and on the run sheet it said full tie rules Oof. and i was like this is not what it is <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting so i was like i said to the head coach "I was like you know i was, I was like i uh, keep warming up over there and i grabbed the head coach i was like you know, it's is this full tie rules and the, the other guy's fought with elbows you yeah. haven't trained with elbows and like i'm like do you want to go sort this out? and like... Because I don't feel comfortable sending someone out, like, to... Surprise! Fight. <laughs> exactly, man. Like, it's... Listen, I get it. It'd be horrible to prepare for a fight and then say no, like... But elbows, there's not something to fuck it's around a different with, different game. If, you, if you're not... If you, especially if you're preparing for especially not to have elbows. Yes. Yep. And the other guy's preparing to elbow you. It's a rough day. It, and I've never had anything training or fight with elbows but it's not the actual elbow strike that does it it's the seeing your own blood that apparently is what fucks most people up i've been i've been my first fight was
1: against jack jenkins he had mount and he
0: was from like from the heavens elbow to the top of my head and this was there was no blood it was still pretty bad so (laughs) it was the elbow that did it now when you started fighting it was just straight to pro yeah, that's right, yeah. Do you think that's a better way they do it now where they have like uh, amateur systems and things like that where they can come through and do it that way? This was not, so it wasn't like a conscious
1: or a uh, systematic thing where there was only pro fights around. Like I, I'm not that much of a veteran. I, was, I literally just like messaged a guy, yeah, hey, can I have a fight? And he said, yeah, come on over, we'll pay you. And then I got down and he was like, by the way, it's a pro fight. Right. Yeah. it wasn't like um, I applied for amateurs and they said no, or if I applied for pros or no. I just like literally messaged a guy called George, like text him. I was like, hey, can I can I fight And he He's like, yeah, sure, come on over.
0: If you had to do it uh like a, uh, if you had to do it all over again, would you do it the same way? Would you sort of opt to go the amateur the exact route? Same. Yeah, exact same. Yeah, this was pretty. It worked out pretty fun, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it again for sure, man. This yeah. fucking worked out fucking great. It worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Man, listen. I've had you on. Last question before I, not let you get out of here before we fucking go into the the dojo, my garage, and get some fucking rounds in. But twenty twenty two and beyond, what does the what's the future look like for you in your mind? Uh, so most people know I'm not doing MMA anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have what's called post concussion syndrome. So I got like I got um, just like moving around with a guy last night, kind of shadow boxing. He accidentally. Jabbed me in the end of range. She wasn't trying to hit me hard just like accidentally. And then like say, this morning's rough. Like my hands are a bit funny. My mm. arms are a bit funny. So no more combat like that. Um, compete more. We've got big plans for the gym. So we've got like new mats coming now. We've got a heavy bag in. We've got like a squat rack on all that. We've got like stuff for the gym, which we want to, we really want to build up. Um, something where I'm really excited about because there's no, you know how, because you fought Muay Thai. Muay Thai kickboxing. Yeah, Muay Thai, Muay Thai. Sure. Yeah. You know how there's interclubs for Muay Thai, mm-hmm. but it's not that for MMA. We're going to do MMA interclub.
0: That's awesome, and that yeah. that is something that I think is missing from. Yeah. So, I'm pretty sure
1: Miles is planning to do an amateur MMA show, mm-hmm. and then one step below that will be hopefully our interclub shows and get people ready for that. You know.
0: Fantastic, man. Yep. Fantastic.
1: So, giving opportunities like that, building the gym, um, while it's going gangbusters, so we plan to try and build that as well. Um, for me, I guess more some more jiu jitsu. I'm sure I know I'm missing something Because I forget lots But Just keep doing what I'm doing It's working out pretty well You know man,
0: That's awesome And that plan to do Those sort of like uh, Interclub things for MMA. That is something I reckon I, I, I've talked with Nicky's About this i said man Like that's That's more More grassroots Stuff like that To you know For when guys go out there Even if they have a fight On like Dimeback It's an amateur fight yeah, right? like that's still lights. There's still people there. You know that they still walk out the same as the profile. There should do. Be something
1: before that. Yes, exactly. Hundred percent. DFC is fucking amazing in it. I've fought on some dogs breakfast shows, mm. and DFC's quality is just great, which is fantastic for us pros. Like it's what we want. But if, you, if this is your first
0: time fighting, like you're saying, this is scary. You know, like it's there's a lot. There's it's a your lot first there. time fighting. You're building yourself up. You know, you fucking. You're on your instagram posting fucking lines on your shit <laughs> on your gram and you you're you know you're listening to jocko willnit while you you're go. running and shit and you're hyping yourself up for it to be this fucking crazy thing when in reality you should have had a you should, couple of interclub yeah. things man where you've like you know you've had that experience where the actual the cage experience is foreign enough don't yeah. let don't let that in uh, conjunction with the walkouts and everything else exactly. and people having bought tickets to see you exactly. and things like that. Don't let that those both of those things be together. Let have just one foreign experience at a time. You, you, wanna, have to.
1: you wanna have an amateur fight on a show where the ring girl is someone you wouldn't date. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's where you wanna start. That's where you want to start. Yeah. It's <laughs> not,
0: not a girl you're nervous around. That, uh, that's a great way to end podcast. Huh? <laughs> man look thank you for coming on man uh appreciate you coming on and yeah just keep doing what you're doing man thank you i will thanks guys for listening bye